All right, so we're back here on another Couch Coach Live. Couch Coaches, we are back. Another Tuesday, the final Tuesday of the of the month of March. We're here on another special Couch Coach Live. Um, we got Elite Eight in the background. Uh, we got Gonzaga versus uh, USC, and it looks like a dog. It's not even a dog fight. It looks like uh, you know it's about to be about to be over. But um, we'll discuss that as well in the show. We got uh, what's going on, Maui? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Everything good. Everything good. Hey, so we got a got a guest in the guest in the building. Got I got Josh in the building. What's going on, Josh? What's going on, guys? What's going on? Uh, I'm so glad that the, my nerd theme is. Uh, so those bulldogs keep running up the score. Yeah, mo- yeah, most definitely. And yeah, we got a great show lined up for you guys. We're going to talk about a little bit of the lead eight. We'll talk about what happened last night. Um, we'll also uh, we'll talk about the coaching hires, the uh, coaching carousel in college basketball. Who's going to be the next coach at Texas and Oklahoma? Um, and also at the bottom of the hour, we have our guy uh, Brian Ruiz of the All the Hype podcast. We'll talk a little NBA at the, bo- at the bottom of the hour. Um, so let's kick that intro, fellas, and we'll be right back. All right, so we're back here. So, so for support for Couch Coach Live is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. So I have an exclusive offer to our, our listeners, a.k.a. the Couch Coaches. Um, hit us up on Manscaped.com. Get a 20% off and also free shipping off your order. Manscaped, hit that promo code OTBN. Promo code OTBN where you get 20% off and free shipping. So, fellas, first topic of for grabs today on the pod. Uh, we'll talk about um, last night. So, um, Baylor uh, defeated Arkansas. And uh, then also Houston advanced to the Final Four, first time since uh, 1984. So definitely, you shout out to um, to Baylor and Houston. Thoughts on the games last night, fellas? I'm gonna go with you first, Josh. Any thoughts of the game last night? We have a we have a frozen Josh. So <laughs> <laughs> Maui, did you, did you, were you able to catch yeah, the game last for night? Sure. Shout out. Uh, yeah, I caught him. Go ahead, Josh. You got it. So, for both games, are very exciting. All right, think Josh. I think you you you're freezing, man. I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna bring my computer in, fellas. My internet's kind of crap on. Yeah. Probably the best thing. What I'm gonna do. I, um, I'm gonna get you leave, get out, and then come back in. But it might be the best thing to do. But um, yeah. So, what was your thoughts, Maui? Um, 
You said Houston and Oregon, right? Or is it right? Uh, right? It, well, yeah. Um, Baylor. Just last night in yeah, last night. Oh, um, Baylor and Arkansas. Baylor win, and then I, Bell, I like yeah, the, um, Okay, I like the great game. Um, you know, um, I really like Baylor, man. Like I like um, I like the uh, the guard play. Like I like Mitchell. I really like Mitchell, man. I like how he um, uh, really controlled the game. You know what I mean? I seen when it first started, um, when he got his first twelve footer. And then he came again, hit another 12-footer. It seemed like the defense had to collapse on him. You know what I mean? And once the defense collapsed on him, it was easy for him to drop it into the big man. Um, and, you know, he, he got him with 12 points, six assists, one rebound. But Teague, man, just hitting them, um, them threes. You know what I mean? You got to stick him. If you don't stick him, you know what I'm saying? He came with 22 points, five rebounds. You know what I mean? So I really, it's more to him than that. That's just me throwing out something. But um, I really like Baylor. You know what I'm saying? They ain't my favorite. You know what I'm saying? But I really like Baylor. Yeah, thoughts on the game last night, Josh? I th- I, th- I think you're good. I think you're good at this point. I think all right. I'm good. Okay, so Baylor. <laughs> I like Baylor too. They are very defensive oriented team. I like the guards, Baylor. Yeah. Uh, Scott Drew. I think if Agate wasn't such a buzzsaw, I think in a normal year they'd be the favorites. Um, yeah, because they're fighting like they did before. Uh, Houston surprised me a little bit by the Oregon State win. Uh, because I, I thought Oregon State was going to pull an upset like they did in tournaments, uh, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Uh, but Houston pulled off, pulled off of uh. Oregon State, even when they came back. So, yeah, yeah I mean, right. both games were very exciting last night. Uh, right. Yeah. And I'll get you a little bit of the IU game, too, at the same time, uh, from being a state of Indiana. Yeah. All right. Your, your thoughts on uh, the Houston game? Okay. My thoughts on the Houston game. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. It was a Barely. very exciting game. <laughs> uh, I, I think it was going to do the same thing to Houston. Houston got up to a big game. And then here comes Oregon State. And uh, yeah, and then. Houston did a good job of kind of coming back to earth after the huge run the Beavers had yesterday. Agreed. So it was a very exciting game, like the first game of spot, Baylor. And- yeah. Any thoughts on the uh, Houston game, Maui? Oh, man, I agree. Like, um, I think Houston, um, the game before that, they played um, – Rutgers, I think, and I felt like they should have lost that game, but um, they was they went up and then they went down, and Rutgers had them basically almost the whole game, and um, I thought they should have won, and I felt like they they kind of um, learned from that mistake because they really should have dominated that game, you know what I mean? But in this one, they got the lead and they lost it, and I was like, oh, they got it, but then they just kept fighting, man, and once they kept fighting, they just just kept going. They just got a little cushion, you know what I mean? It was really exciting. I like um. What's his name? Dejon. He got eight rebounds, eight assists, 12, uh, 
10 points. And then um, uh, the rest of the guards, man, they got about, you know, more than 15 points. So the guards is really playing in this. Um, and, um, you know, a gentleman at my job said that he said, when it comes to college basketball, your guards, he said, your guards is one thing, you know what I'm saying? So like, like today, you know, one thing about Gonzaga, like, um, you know, Timmy, you know, he, he, he got good feet, you know, for a big man and, and he seemed that's why he's so dominant. But anyway, that's how I felt about it. Great game, man. Yeah, and then what we got here at this point, it is a blowout. Uh, at this point, I think it's a 19-point lead um, at half for uh, Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. So it's getting a little ugly. And then at the nightcap, we got uh, we got Michigan and UCLA, two blue bloods. We got right. the fighting Sasha Obamas, the fighting – Jalen Rose is a Michigan <laughs> the fight Jim Harbaugh's versus UCLA the fighting Lonzo Balls uh fighting Russell uh, Russell Westbrooks <laughs> uh, <laughs> also the uh fighting Jaleel Whites of UCLA the Bruin Pride so uh definitely um huge matchups for those and Let's see what we got here. We're gonna, all right, so, okay. Now we're, we're doing everything on the fly. We're going to put in Johnson another frame. We're doing everything yeah. on the fly. Yes. Well, now you got headphones, right? I think I hear echo. Uh, that's because I have it on my, other, on my phone oh, as okay. well. All right, so, yeah, I got you off the other stream. So, yeah, you should be good now. So, let's talk. Okay. 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 So, we're good. We're good. We're good. All right, so let's do a little. Let's talk a little. Um, you know, normally time of year there's always turnovers as far as coaching wise, and also um, some you know always some new moves when it comes to uh, coaching candidates and coaching hires during this time of year as well. Um, so we're gonna talk about um, Indiana hiring uh, Mike Woodson. I'm gonna go with you first, um, Josh, especially since you are in the in in, in their backyard. Essentially, um, your thoughts on um, IU hiring uh, Mike Woodson. Honestly, I, this is a very surprise move. Uh, honestly, I thought it was going to be either Chris uh, Beer from Texas Tech. Uh, I thought it was going to be the Alabama's coach. Uh, there were so many different uh, names thrown. Mike Woodson was not one of them that was in uh, thrown for us. But honestly, this could be a blessing in Scott's because NBA – uh, experience as a head coach, uh, very close to the program because he played under Bobby Knight. Uh, he knows how IU was in the glory days. And plus that NBA connection, like right, you right. saw in Michigan with Jalen Rhodes, former player. It's just, it's nothing better than having an NBA caliber coach come coach at his former like school, and then you're gonna have uh, Hoosier fans, which is I don't know which one's more diluted. Uh, for me, as a Notre Dame football fan or an Indiana Hoosier fan, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is a great hire. Uh, Brad Stevens was the like absolute like platinum hire, but this was like the smartest hire they could do. I think. Right. Right. Any, any thoughts? 
Yeah, man. I, um, everything that he said was basically what I wrote down. And um, it seemed like, uh, you know, if I was a parent, that's one of the places I would want to send my kids because he was one of those coaches that even the NBA players love that tends to get screwed a lot. And then like, OK, this is a blessing for him. I mean, he was basically from what I what they said was they Indiana tried to get away from night because of the controversy. But this is a gentleman that came up through the. The, the special times with night, you know what I mean? He was there from 76 to 80, if I'm not mistaken. So mm-hmm. they could bring that back, but also represent the new. But then I saw that they said that there's a, you, uh, Coach, you ever heard of this guy by the name of World Wide West? Oh, absolutely. William, William Sidney, he's going with him. Really? So they said, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they said that was his biggest secret weapon. You know what I mean? A lot oh, of, yeah. um, so um, from what I'm hearing, he's like, um, from what I read and some of the stuff I watched, he's one of the biggest um, secrets in the in the NBA. So, man, a shout out to Woodson, man, because I feel like he had always got a raw deal when it come to coaching. You know what I mean? Right. He's one of those coaches that didn't have really no superstars, or if he did have a superstar, like it's, you know, it's just I'm happy for him, man. And he seems excited. That's one thing too. If you got a coach that really want to be there, you know what I mean? That should make every that's make every bring bring that um. That Hoosier and you know what I'm saying like like you coach with the Redskins I'd say hey go hire Art Monk I mean go ahead and make him a coach so you know, I'm just messing with you let me go ahead and pull back <laughs> no but congratulations to him man I'm yeah. excited for him yeah it's good um and I, I'm I'm liking now how the NCAA in a sense it's almost it's starting to become like a copycat when you look at the other moves you, you know you mentioned earlier about Jawan Howard. And then also, um, you know, mm-hmm. think about and shout out, shout out to Penny Hardaway who just um, in Memphis who just won the NIT, uh, Patrick Ewan, what he's doing at Georgetown, mm-hmm. and I think you want to get to that point because you can relate to these kids because I look at especially like Jawan, you know, you think about yourself now if you know what kids go through nowadays and he can say, hey, well, I was in your predicament thirty years ago um, on campus as a you know, as a freshman or this that, and third. So it's, it's highly relatable. So I know, you know, even though it's a different era, you deal with different things, but as far as when right. it comes to basketball and just life in general, um, he's a perfect guy. He's, you know, a, a, a distinguished alum. And I think this is, it's, right. it's a great move. Um, right. Indiana. And then, like you said, Josh, it was kind of out, out of left field. Cause I definitely thought Brad Stevens, the way the Celtics were struggling, that essentially right. he was going to probably get that job. It was his job if he wanted to, which and it's funny because it he could have got that job. It's almost and we're going to mention this guy a little um, momentarily. I could kind of slide it in now, where almost a shock of smart type of situation where essentially, hey, go before they let you go, kind of right. move. That's what I thought. Right. Brad Stevens right. was going to, you know, this would be a perfect opportunity if, if the I put it this way, if the job if he if he wanted, he could have got it. So, uh, um, so let's <laughs> as I tease that topic. So, uh, Shaka Smart, uh, he has two, uh, Marquette, he uh, leaves, um, Texas at the uh, somewhat of an interesting six year run at Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna get your thoughts first, Mal. Your thoughts on Shaka Smart going to Marquette? Um, first off, man, I didn't even really, really believe that was Shaka Smart. I mean, I'm, I'm a man and all, but he got hair, bro. Oh, that threw hair, me yeah. off. I was looking, I was like. Man, that ain't Shaka, man. That's a clone. That ain't no gonna try right. to lie to me, right? <laughs> me off, man. But you know, he seemed like he's more of a 
a smaller school or, or a smaller program type of coach. He seemed like he's – I was watching him and he spoke. He seemed like he's happy. He had the opportunity before to go to Marquette, but he was at VCU. And you know how much VCU loves some, some um, Shaka Smart. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I'm happy for him. I always felt like even when he left, you got to take the opportunity. But he might have been a little bit over his head. Because I think, you know, when I look at Texas or anything in Texas, the alumni, you know what I mean, I know they'd be on your head. And if you – the pressure of winning and you ain't winning and then you got to, you know, you got to deal with football. Like, VCU is a basketball first school. It's a basketball school. Marquette is a basketball school. You know what I mean? Basketball first school. Then you got to understand now he's home too. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then also, like, the recruiting, where he – how he can recruit is a little bit better also. I think it's just a lot of less pressure. You know what I mean? I wonder if they was – because they said they wanted him to be first and he turned it down. I wonder if he was just like, you know, if it don't work out here, man, if you guys, you know what I mean? If I get that chance, I'm going to take that job. It just seemed like it's better for him. Yeah. Um, your thoughts, Josh? Uh, I'm going to go left field here. Uh, I just, honestly, when I heard it, I just thought, like he said, uh, this was just meant to be. Because right after the fight uh, for Texas, you knew he, he did not have the team. I love me some shark, Shaka Smart because when Butler was having the run, VCU was having it as well. It just, like he said, it was just a match made in heaven uh, because he's a smaller conference kind of guy, even though. He's still in a big conference with the Big East. Uh, it's just Marquette just seems like his kind of school. Where Texas, yep. the alumni will have a stranglehold on any coach, uh, which for our next one, uh, Chris Beer, I think, will be the next head coach of Texas. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I think this was just a absolute pairing. And – Good on both sides. Right. Yeah. And I thought it was smart for Shaka to leave because I think he was I think he was getting to a point where and it's funny because we kind of talked about it a little bit and it's funny we talked about it last week and coincidentally three days later he you know he he's gone out of from Texas. And it's funny because I I always thought like I knew he was safe going into the 2021, 2022 yeah. season. But if that guarantee, if they didn't, if they weren't going to make the play, um, make the tournament, or kind of, you know, just be middle of the Big Twelve, he's out of there. Like he was going to get fired. Like it was getting to that point where the seat was getting hot for him. And like you said, mm-hmm. Texas. And it's funny because I was kind of was I was shocked that he took the Texas job at that particular time because he had offers. I remember he was at uh, he was supposed to go to UCLA. I remember UCLA I opened up. Um, what was it? Two thousand. Um, at the before they before they got Steve Alford. Um, yeah, he was a part it, of that too. And then Marquette. I'm surprised he took. He didn't get Marquette in 2014, and he replaced uh, Gene. <laughs> Not Gene, but Steve. Steve Why do you think he took it? Why do you think he took Texas over that? Was he think it was just money or? I think yeah. And then, I, I think in the resources. I think when you look at you, because mm-hmm. I think especially when you coming from like a school like a VCU where their resources are extremely limited compared to 
know, Texas is Texas is a it's just it, it is what it is. It's, it's like you said, it's this it's just huge. So and then the fact that the football is it's a football school. So essentially mm-hmm. it's hard to, you know, it's hard to kind of grab that type of attention to be the headline at that particular point, especially with Texas. And, and what's weird because Texas football has struggled mightily, even, you know, during, you know, Shaka Smart's tenure there. And it's still, you know, football still reigns supreme where he was, <laughs> as funny as it sounds, but he was probably, you know, he was definitely more successful than the football team. But right. football rules, rules there. But he goes to Marquette where basketball is the main focus. Uh, he goes back home. Um, essentially, I think he's from Madison, and he kind of rekindle and almost, you know, even though Marquette has won a national championship, but that was the year he was born in 1977. So this team ain't been to the Final Four since 2000. Well, since Dwayne Wade, um, what 18 years ago. So it's almost he's almost in the same situation as VCU. Where he can go to school and do what he has to do, and I, you know, I'm curious. I wonder as far as how he'd be able to recruit, especially when we think about like that area, like Chicago. Is he going to be able to get? Because you know, we think about Chicago. Um, the last couple of years, the top players are from you know the state of Illinois. So, you know, could he kind of be infiltrated in the, in kind of the big, you know, the, the Big Ten type of um, mm-hmm. recruiting? Can he, you know, could he uh, carve a niche in that little in the Big Ten area? So that's gonna be definitely interesting, and um, I'm 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 excited for him. And this is great. I know it's crazy because I remember we played we played them in November. I think in the tournament, what UNC that week, but yeah, UNC. I I had a double take. I'm like, Shock Smart got hell. I want like a chia pet with with with, yeah. drink, with a with a with a Cali curl. It threw me off with the taper shocked. on the side. Internet ain't, ain't no good. I was looking, and every shot on YouTube had a different shot of his head. I was like, "My bad, I'm sorry." Wow. <laughs> I was tremendously shocked. Maybe that's where his magic's gone. He's got Shane's head again. <laughs> no, I mean, he still straight like this year. I couldn't believe he won the Big Twelve chant in the tournament. I was shocked. Right. Shocked. Right. Right. But he got that by the seat of his pants. Some people, I know they. That's cool. I I was listening to a podcast because I was just trying to get some information. And mm-hmm. some people say that they wouldn't. They wouldn't told him. I think you need to be looking to find another place to go. You know that? Like yeah. they saying he made a decision. Some people said that they told him you need to go. And I remember it was maybe it was right before Georgetown hired Patrick Ewing. He was in the running for that as well. And I was like, man, you should take that Georgetown job. I kept on was like, because I knew, like, Texas, you just in over your head. Like, Texas yeah. is just, Texas they is like they, they like their own. That's the thing. I think they like their own. You know what I mean? They, Texans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They understand one another. Anyway. So so what's next for Texas? I'm going to go with you first, Josh. Ooh, you gotta, I know you, you alluded to it earlier, but, you know. Yeah, uh, I like Chris Beer for this job. There's other couple names that you're not going to think you would associate with Texas or even Oklahoma. We talked about Brad Stevens with the Indiana job not too long ago. So, honestly, it, I wouldn't be shocked if Brad Stevens was the next Texas or Oklahoma coach. Because of the like Nick Saban effect or 
the Urban Meyer, you know, or the Rick Pitino, uh, because these are two spots you wouldn't expect because the IU job was just perfect. He's from Indiana, uh, but the Celtics are still struggling. Uh, I feel like the same thing that if the ports with Shaka Smart are true are happening in Boston with Brad Stevens. So these are two marquee schools, uh, both football schools, but with a coach like Stevens, I feel like their programs both can be consistent tournament teams uh, for sure. Yeah, big time. Maui, who you got? Um, I got a bird also. Um, from what I, the information I got, it looked like he's been auditioning for this job for the longest. And when they, you know what I mean? Even though he did other things, it was just saying how much he loves. He knows the program. He, um, it said he was a, a graduate assistant under Tom Peterson in the early nineties. Um, he, he loves Austin. It's just a lot of things that like he can easily, and then they was breaking it down how they can buy out. Cause he's at Texas tech. It just seemed like it might be a, just a good, a good move, good move for it. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, when I think of Texas, I think of Texas wanting someone that's of their own, especially college. That just, you know what I mean? So like we just was talking about Chris, Chris, um, I mean, Mike Woodson, same, same with um, um, Shaka Smart, you know what I'm saying? Like him, actually, Jawan Howard, uh, Patrick Ewing, it seemed like that might be the way to go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I think I was going. It was another gentleman, but I think he just did. Um, I think um, or was it Oklahoma State or something? He just got a who just got a um, an extension. Uh, anyway, just ignore me. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and if we want to talk about like the whole, you know, the Mike Woodson, Jawan Howard kind of move, you know, mm-hmm. would be a good move for them. And I, you might remember. I don't know. You might be too young, Josh. You might. Do you remember Roy Ivy? No, I might be a little bit too young. Yeah, you no. you too young. You too young for that. So he so he um actually used to play for Texas in the early two thousands at the turn. I think right before yeah game yeah early two thousands yeah. So he's currently an assistant head coach for the Brooklyn Nets. So he's you know former Texas Longhorn. So. He's a one that I don't, I don't, that's he's a dark horse. I don't think necessarily they're gonna hire him, but I think that's consideration. And then I think he's been, um, hi, because he's, I wonder, because he's been at probably assistant coach for, I want to say, almost a good bit of a decade, probably by now. He might have, because I know he's been at OKC, I forgot what other stops he's been. But he's been around. He's been around. Um, so, yeah, he's he's a former Longhorn. So we're gonna, you know, with you know, that's gonna be an interesting one. You, yeah, like I said, Josh, you you too young for you too young for the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, what? I was like six when you're talking about two thousands. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! So, um, Oklahoma. Any any uh, Oklahomas? Um, who you got, Josh? Who you think? Uh, Oklahoma, that's a hard one. Uh, I'm gonna go Yates from Alabama. 
to move to Oklahoma because I feel like SEC, yeah, I mean, it's starting to get more balanced as a basketball kind of conference, but the Big 12 is more uh, towards basketball anymore. And I feel like Oklahoma is a good stop for him because it's not one of those mark marquee Big 12 schools like Baylor, like Texas, Texas Tech, uh, where Oklahoma's kind of that little area, Kansas. Uh, but I think Yotes would be a good move for Oklahoma, uh, for sure. Yeah, because he definitely, regardless of what he do at Alabama, he will always be second fiddle. Right. <laughs> about that. He can at least call my path in Oklahoma and be, well, shoot, nah, that's even worse. He's going to be, because, shoot, if, if Western State, if um, Lincoln Riley State, he's going to be the man for to forever. If he, well, he only put 37. Yeah. Ew. That's cool. That's another one. You can be a second fiddle guy. Yeah. Uh any any thoughts? Who who you who you got? Who you thinking, Maui? Um, I just pulled somebody out. Um, I read something that seemed it he has a um Ruben has an ex, uh, assessor, Dane um Dana Alterman. Um oh yeah. It was like yeah. he all he said basically he could probably if they just go by what the coach that retired, he'd get the job. You know what I mean? Because it seemed like every time he moved, he made a a lateral move to move up also. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was like he was uh, – when he left uh, – let me see what I put down. He said um, he was assistant with him at Kansas State. So once he moved, he moved – you know, Dana Altman moved up. So I, I was saying him. He was seemed like he – they said I had read something. It was like 10 different people, and he was the number one. And when I went through each one – well, no, he was like number – Three. The first one was the coach for Loyola, um, Chicago. Oh, but I, I don't. I just didn't. Yeah, I really did. I didn't. Um, some of the stuff that they were saying, I really didn't care for. But when I saw that this was his successor, I was like, at, at certain places, I was like, you know what? That might be a good move. They just said his age. He's very old. It's like he's like sixty-two. You know what I'm saying? But you know, that might not be the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This one's interesting. Um, it's a couple names. Um, like a part of me, I, I, like you said, m- maybe um, the coach from North Texas potentially. Because we always, it's funny because we always get these yeah. coaches that kind of, you know, who make these tournament runs are always that. And a lot of people have been saying Eric Musman, but I think when he got Arkansas, I think he gonna stay put. Cause I think, cause I think at this point, the whole you know what he did with Nevada to kind of get to this point, um, catapult him to Arkansas, and I don't think he's gonna leave quite yet. I mean, he really just scratched the surface at Arkansas at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I got a question for you boys that just popped yeah. in my head. Does Oklahoma give Rick Pitino a shot? I, I you know what. <laughs> I, 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 I see something like that. I see something. Me, I don't. I don't. I'm like, how? You know what? And it's funny because then this whole Rick Pitino, and it's funny because they asked him about coach opportunity somewhere else, and he keep on saying he's in heaven in Iona, and I'm like, let's coach speak. Let's coach mm-hmm. speak. Is it Oklahoma come running? And I. 
But a part of me is like, if will he go well? Because you think even with Louisville, because hell, even when he's in Louisville or even in Kentucky, he was never really the second fiddle guy. Like, you know, as far as when we, because like when he was there, Bobby Petrino was there and, you know, and could he go somewhere and be, but, but the funny thing about that, that part, that's right up his ego though. That'd be right up his playbook. Right. And it just pops I, my head. I, it just pops in. I seen, I'm telling you, I seen a little, I seen something on YouTube that kind of like his face kept popping up and I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You're right. I, and this whole, because it's funny because I always pay attention to these type of things. Like I'm in heaven and and I and, and I own. I'm like, all right, I this this here. No. I, I don't listen to coach speak in March, especially with college uh, basketball coaches at this point. Yeah. This no. point. <laughs> but yeah. So man, definitely appreciate you, Josh, for coming through and man, enjoy the rest of the Elite Eight. Um, we at Michigan and UCLA at the um at, in about an hour. So definitely appreciate you for hopping on. Uh thank you for having me on. Uh and we should do this some other time. I mean we'll the Final Four is coming up and yeah, like I have said before, I'm actually more knowledgeable about college football. But yeah, my second sport is college basketball. Right, right, right. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk some. We'll talk, and then of course we got Notre Dame football, and you know, and how you know how y'all mm-hmm. be, and how how y'all you know, you know, BSing oh. the ACC. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that during the fall. For you sure. Know, y'all, y'all messing, y'all messing up the conference. <laughs> See you guys later. All right, man. All right, Josh. All right. Yeah, definitely huge shout out to our guy Josh. Yeah, we talked about you know definitely uh, the lead eight is definitely going on, and once again, man, Gonzaga is just putting on to USC, and man, it's looking a little rough. So, man, without further ado, we got another guest in the house. We got our guy Brian. We're gonna get ready to cue him up right now. What's going on, Brian? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? I'm good. Up, Once again, my guy, Brian, one of my Off the Ball Network colleagues, making his Couch yeah. Coach Live day butt. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> no, I'm excited to be on. Thank you for, for the invite. Yes, indeed. All the Hype Podcast, my guy, yeah. is on here. So... We got to talk about the NBA trade deadline. Um, so we'll go around the horn, fellas. So we'll go first. We're going to start about um, the NBA trade deadline. Who was the biggest one? I'm going to go with you first, Brian. Your, your winners. All right. I'm going to start off with the Miami Heat. I think that's kind of the option that anyone would go with. They turned players that were basically out of their rotation, weren't really playing much into players that can really help them in the playoffs and this uh, later stretch of the season. Um, they bring in uh, Nemanja Bialica from the Kings, sharpshooting forward. Uh, he can rebound. He can facilitate the ball a little bit. And, of course, he's a 38% uh, three-point shooter. Um, he's basically going to be replacing that Kelly Olynyk role. And Kelly's basically the player that – that he gave up in this deal that was the only one that was part of the rotation. 
and he goes to Houston with Avery Bradley, and they get back Victor Oladipo, who's kind of, of course, the bigger name in the deal here. So I think, you know, both of these moves are definitely going to be good for the Heat, especially during this later part of the season. As we saw at the beginning, they were ravished with COVID issues, with injuries, and they managed to stay afloat. So, you know, shout out Pat Riley for going for it. They know that they have Jimmy, they have Bam, they have the core to do it. So with these moves, I think, uh, you know, they can definitely make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Maui, yo, uh, trade deadline winner. Man, um, I'm going to say Denver. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna say Denver. Like, I, I was just, I was so shocked that they got Gordon, bro. I'm, I'm just feel like, you know, they lost Grant and Plum, and I think Gordon's gonna be able to help them. Um, I don't have too much to say. I, I, I also, I really wanted to take on Orlando by them getting all those picks, right, and giving up all that. Is that gonna help them in the future? Because it's almost made me feel like, remember the Nets? You see where they are now, right? Right. Remember when the Nets had all those picks a few years ago? Yeah. And he was and then I think um didn't Boston get some of them or something like that, Chris? You know what I was talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah come on that Kevin Garnett. <laughs> yeah, and then I said, Did you feel do you feel like they had all those picks? Was it worth it seeing what where the Nets are right now? Well, essentially because one of the picks turned into Kyrie Irving. Well, well, that one when I come think about it. It was what they were able to mortgage one of the picks in the in the deal with Cleveland because mm-hmm. that was the part that and that was essentially Colin Sexton. That so, ah, it's it's hit or miss. I always think if you you know, and that's kind of right. one of the things when we look at like Oklahoma City, where it's almost like like we always this is our running joke on the show. If you're in the sixth grade, seventh grade, <laughs> you're essentially look, you know. You know, you say you're gonna play in the NBA. Six, you know, six, seven grade old kids from you know from you know college freshmen to guys in the sixth grade. You're gonna be playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder right, yeah. at this point with 34 picks in the next one, first yeah. and second round picks in the last, what next about seven, eight years or so. Seven years. They have 17 first and 17 right. seconds. Ridiculous. <laughs> like, like, so, I'm not <laughs> But um, I feel like Gordon going to Denver was a big pick um, to help Yoke and um, and um, my man. I forgot his name. I'm just a little, you know, I'm a Laker fan. I just don't feel like, you know, they move how they, you know what I mean? But we going to, that, that's something else. And I felt like Chicago, um, yeah. I just like the fact that they actually went and got somebody to help, um, to help they scoring out. You know what I mean? It's a rebound. What are you, do you are you happy with that, Chris? Oh, yeah. The Bulls I, two All-Stars and and I'm going to my perk voice. We got Vukovic. The Vukovic, right. <laughs> right. So Vukovic. I remember him in the bubble. I remember him in the bubble, man. He balled in the bubble. You know what I mean? I was like, who is this dude? You know what I mean? So I'm giving it to Denver. I'm giving them both like maybe like a like like an A for both of them. You know what I mean? Denver and the Chicago. At least they're trying. You know what I mean? They're trying to they trying to get there, try to improve. So I'm happy. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with uh, the Dem- – they were on my list as well, Denver and Chicago as, as winners as well. Um, right. You mentioned Aaron Gordon going to the Nuggets there. You know, they're essentially trying to fill that Jeremy Grant role that they right. lost. You know, they, right. they lost a ton of defense with him, someone to throw out at the better perimeter players in the West. So, 
you have Aaron Gordon, you know, 6'9", 230 pounds, and he can go out and guard, you know, LeBron, try to slow him down. You can throw him at AD. You can throw him at Kawhi, at Paul George. So in the sense, they won't need him to do as much as he used to do in Orlando, but I right. think he's going to fit just fine with uh, Jokic and Murray. And then, you know, they have Michael Porter Jr., who's who's starting to score the ball really, really well. So I think it'll be more if Aaron Gordon's willing to buy into the system and understand his role rather than if he really is going to fit. I think that's going to be the most important part there. Uh, I felt like Denver won by not losing Michael Porter Jr. I was shocked that they didn't yeah. lose him. I thought somebody was going to snatch him up. You know what I mean? Figure out a way to get to, to, to get him. But um, congrats to them. Yeah. yeah, they did lose, you know, Gary Harris, who was probably their best uh, backcourt defender. But right. you know, they, they, they are deep in the backcourt. They got, you know, P.J. Dozier, Monte Morris, uh, Compazzo. So they got yeah. a good enough um, set of point guards where they can go go down the, the list if they really need it. And then also to piggyback on with Denver, another sneaky move was getting JaVale McGee. I thought that was great for them. Yeah, you know, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, getting JaVale McGee to kind of, you know, as far as help that rotation, definitely off their second team. And like you said, it's just the depth of Denver. It's just, it's, it's, it's frightening. Right. It's yeah. They, uh, they have a group protector too. So JaVale McGee is going to fill that role uh, just fine. Um, but yeah, with the Chicago Bulls as well, I think Vucevic was um, a really great pickup. I didn't hear, I don't know if you guys heard anything prior to him getting traded. I didn't hear no. anything about him going to Chicago. It was a huge surprise for me. But like you said, I think that kind of shows that the Bulls want to be competitive. They want to be relevant. And they're showing Levine that, you know, we're going to go out and, and do this. Right, so, right. Later on, it's going to show him that, hey, man, we're, you know, we're willing to make these moves. We want you to sign here. We want you to be the franchise guy. So, you know, kudos to the Bulls for for trying to make that move. Yeah, because like you said, because it's funny because Vucevic wasn't even really on the radar as far as because everybody was like, when they're going to get Lonzo Ball. That was everybody prevailing thought. And it's funny because they had the breaking news and like the Bulls trade. And I'm like, we must get Lonzo Ball. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. We got Vucevic for yeah. Wendell Carter and Otto and Otto got rid of Otto, Otto Porter's contract. Yeah, <laughs> and you got two first rounds. First round, yeah, first uh, two first round picks. But I mean, right. I but they're going for it, man. They, you know, they have Patrick Williams as a rookie. Yeah. I think he's a he's a solid, solid player. Mm -hmm. I was just watching them yesterday against the Warriors, and you know that mid range is pure. He's a great defender, yeah. so I think. You know, I think they're betting on Levine being that guy next to Vucevic and seeing the the steps forward that Patrick Williams is going to take in the future as well. Yeah, and definitely, um, yeah, I definitely love those moves. And that's something that's funny because that's not a – you just know Chicago's in a different direction. This isn't the, the guard – the guard packs era is officially over, like yeah. essentially. And they're just doing what they can, and 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 they got more moves to come going down the turnpike. So, yeah, this team looks serious, um, and to a point where they're gonna probably play themselves into the playing tournament at this point. Right. And you, you know that's what you really want to do at this point because you know you, you're, you're at a, right because right, you're at a point now where hey, 
who wants to be at the bottom, you know, after all yeah. these years? And now yeah. you get two all-stars in the fold, and then also just other intangibles, like I said, Patrick Williams, who is is little Kawhi, baby Kawhi at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, and you, you know, then also like you know, um Kobe White as well, and there's other pieces of this team, and it's definitely gonna be um interesting to see this this team um, going forward. Um, and then, like you said, getting especially Vucevic, he ain't, he's, he, I don't, he's because he's thirty, so he's got plenty yeah. of time to kind. He's not even hit his prime yet, which is another great thing about that about that deal as well. They also got a uh, Daniel Tice as well from the Celtics. Yes, yes, so that, I think that was a solid pickup for them too. They were they were running that. That's um, right. I seen that last night. Yeah. Oh man, you know, and yeah. it's. They made the moves, and I think they're three and a half games back from Atlanta right now, who's the sixth seed. They're the tenth seed right now. So I think their goal is obviously stay in the mix for the playing tournament, but at the same time, you know, if they can avoid that at all costs and kind of make the push, I think that's kind of their, their end goal there. Yeah. Um, and then my winner, um, and and no bias, even though I'm a I'm a Bulls fan, but I also do cover the Los Angeles Clippers. For um for, for one of the shows I do, so I think them getting uh playoff Rondo um definitely um was a great move for them um definitely it, it, it it's it's unfortunate that uh Lou Will is gone but you looking at just what you do, you know as far as the production that the Clippers are getting now from you know Luke Kennard and also Terrence Mann um oh. it's almost like the right was on the wall so you get a guy like Kim and it just adds to that depth. Um, with them, that you know, they finally got a leader, a point guard who you know, uh, what they needed because you know, when we look at the, just that direction of the Clippers where they needed this lead guard, and thankfully they did get it. As I kind of said last week, that they should they should should pursue Ray John Rondo and Jared West. Listen to me, Jared West. Listen to me, she knows he's talking about. Let's go get Rondo and. Uh, just give, give away some second round picks and, and Lou Will. <laughs> if you check the archives, I said that Rondo was one of the most important players in the NBA. And it was oh. Mr. Couch Coach Live said, What? Man, Rondo's on his way out the league. <laughs> no, he is, though. I mean, he's, he's done. Like, you know, don't nobody want him. <laughs> like, there's not even any real pure point guards in the league at the time. He was just like, what? Now, I told you last week to go get playoff Rondo. <laughs> for, this, for this team, yes. For this team, they needed it. Because they need leadership. That was their biggest flaw, is the leadership. And they got a guy who is in that locker room who is going to command their respect. Um, and, you know, that's Ty Lue's boy. That was his, you know, and, you know, and Ty Lue was his vet back in the day. And yeah. <clears throat> So yeah, you you know you need that type you, you need that type of um, point guard there, and this is just gonna help elevate everybody else's game, just like you know the yeah. same situation with the Lakers. Yeah, I'm a little bitter. I'm a little bitter. It's okay. It's okay. I'm alright though. I'm a little bitter. Yeah, no, uh, I, I like the move too. I think, like you said, it, they were in desperate need of of a point guard. They had, you know, they have Pat Beverly, but truthfully, you know. Rajon Rondo is definitely a better facilitator, better passer, better IQ of the game. Um, and like you said, he's not afraid of getting in people's faces either. You know, when he needs to check egos, he'll check egos. And I think that's exactly what the Clippers need at some point. 
Um, but it sucks that Lou Will got sent off to Atlanta, but, you know, he's going to be spending a lot of time in Magic City. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> I think he'll be happy. <laughs> the wing. I think, though, Rondo, people say that, but I think Rondo has changed since being with the Lakers, especially being in a bubble, because it's, you know, who wants somebody in their face? Because he don't want no, he don't want to be in any, he don't want nobody in his face. And I think now that's kind of the problem with the Clippers is they have too many people who think it's okay to get in each other's face. You can't do that with everybody. And I think, I'm, I believe that being with the Lakers, he's kind of learned that. And you know what I mean? Like, Pat Beverly, you got to speak to him a certain way. I think Reggie Jackson, you definitely, that's why him and Kawhi have issues. Like Kawhi, you know, he when he say something, he seemed like he real short, you know what I mean? <clears throat> but I see him getting in people's faces too, but so not everybody, you can't do that with everybody. You know, he knows who to do it to and who not to do it to. So right, I think right. he's, just, he's just a natural leader. So I think he's going to fit right. just fine. And obviously, you know, they're banking on him performing like he did in the playoffs for the Lakers. So if he mm -hmm. can be that for the Clippers, I think they, they are going to be a tough team to be in, in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, six straight wins at this point, And this team is, you know, playing pretty well at this point. Um, yeah, I definitely um, like what they're doing on the other side of the stables. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about the winners, man. We got to talk about the losers. <laughs> and this might be this might everybody might have the same loser potentially. So I'm gonna right. go with you first, Brian. You're your loser. All right. The first one on my list, I gotta put the Houston Rockets on there. You know, I you know, there's not much to say about about what they're doing over there. I feel super bad about you know the situation that Coach Silas is in. You know, he thought he was gonna be coaching Westbrook and Harden, but you know, they basically turned those players into Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, and John Wall, plus a couple of picks that most likely aren't even going to be in the lottery and pick swaps that might not even convey, too. So when you when you look at this in hindsight, you're going to see, wow, they really, you know, they butchered this trade. They could have had Karis LeVert. They could have had Jared Allen, you know, some solid foundation pieces for the future, plus all these picks. But they went with Oladipo, who basically was a rental anyway. He was going to leave to Miami regardless. So I definitely have to have the Houston Rockets on here. I don't really know the direction in which they're headed, but I, I think they, they really messed up in the way they handled the trades and stuff. Yeah. Oh, Maui, who you got? Atlanta Hawks. They should have never let Rondo mess with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to say Houston, too. I, I do feel <laughs> Silas. I seen a picture on YouTube. He's got his head down, like man, look. <laughs> but you know, you know, it ain't his fault, man. It's the organization. It's the decisions. They lost everything at once, you know. Right. But um, uh, I also, who else did I put on here? I want to say, I, I want to throw this out there. What do y'all think about the Toronto and Portland trade? Because I felt like they should have kept um, Gary Trent Jr. For the simple fact, McCollum and, and Lillard get hurt all the time. So why wouldn't you want to have some type of security? Why would you let him go? And then you get rid of Rodney Hood, too. I'm like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> like, even That's... I was a Carolina guy, but my goodness, you don't get rid of Gary Trent Jr. and, and, and uh, Rodney Hood. I, I like Norm Powell. No, I like Norman Powell. No relation. <laughs> but... 
like you saying, getting rid of a guy like a Gary Trent Jr. just alone, even trading for them back to back, but then also adding that piece of Rodney Hood. I just thought mm-hmm. that was that was questionable. Yeah, I yeah, just thought that was weird. A, a desperation move, you know, trying to be like, let's do something, let's let's get over the top. And they do add Norman Powell being a great, great scorer, but you know, now they have those three guards, they're all under six three. I think McCullum's just slightly bigger, so a little bit undersized. Uh, Gary Trent's a great defender too, and the chemistry was already there um, with the rest of the Portland Trailblazers. So, yeah, I was a bit confused by what they did there, and I had the Raptors in general as one of my losers as well because yeah. they didn't get a deal done for Kyle Lowry, you know. And I know that Lowry wasn't like itching to leave, and of course, the organization is going to want him there, but essentially, not trading him means that he's going to walk in free agency for absolutely nothing or they have to sign him to an extension at age 35 36 and he's going to want a good amount of money too so you know you get to the point where okay what why did i do that or should i extend him and if you look back at the uh, 2019 raptors that won the championship all of those players a Kawhi, ibaka gasol um and now oh. larry they're all they've all left or they're going to leave for, for almost right. nothing, you know? The one that's left is obviously Larry, and I don't think, obviously, they're going to get anything from uh, for him. Right, and that was my biggest issue, too, because, like, you know, you're going gonna to you're gonna let him walk, and then even if you do, like you said, you do a sign and trade, but who on earth going to take on yeah. that salary, and then you're going to be able to get compensated for that? Right. That's exactly. another thing, too, where, like, to me, it's like, you know, they talking about Philly didn't pull the trigger. No, you didn't pull the trigger because Philly knew, like, I can just get him for nothing. I don't have to trade on no assets because yeah, I know, like, depth taxes and, and, and he gone next and, and, and Cal Lowry gone next year. Like, right. so why am I going to give up assets, picks, or what have you? And we know he's going to walk. Just like, like with New Orleans, like, situation with Lonzo Ball. Like, why am I going to trade, trade for him? And I know for certain he's probably not going to go back. Yeah. So people people talk about Philly. I'm like, no, Philly was smart. Elton Brand was smart. No, I'm with Darren Moore. I mean, Darren Moore was smart. Yeah. And they got George Hill. So they got they still yeah. got, you know, a solid backup point guard for, you know, pennies on the dollar. So, you know, and the thing was that everyone was asking way too much, you know, for Lowry from the Heat. They wanted Hero. They wanted Robinson. And from Philly, they wanted Maxi, they wanted Thibault, they wanted all the you know young prospects, and obviously, you know, a smart general manager is not gonna give up on those players just yet, you know, for for Kyle Lowry. Right. And shout out to Duncan Robinson. So Duncan Robinson, did you hear about story about Duncan Robinson didn't want to take a nap because he was scared to get traded while he taking a nap? Because <laughs> <laughs> no. no. because he was on Twitter was like, should I take a nap? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was Thursday, but um, yeah, I think the low hanging fruit's got to be Houston. Um, you know, I don't know what Raphael Stone is doing in Houston. It's 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 a mess because, like you even what you said earlier, Brian. Because essentially, all the like the endless possibilities that you could have had. You could have had Ben Simmons potentially if you were to trade with Philly potentially, and then even like you said, even Karis Levert. And the crazy thing about it, he he been out. What he just came back? What like last week? Yeah, like a week and a half ago. A week and a half ago, 
you still would have been you still would have been good. And even even though Jared Allen probably wouldn't have resigned with them, but you could have did what you did with, with Victor Oladipo and could have got something else to flip that at least. Karis Laverta be there, and then you flip you flip Jared Allen for something else in the trade deadline. And you could have gotten a better package too, because essentially right. everyone was saying that you know there was a market for Oladipo or whatever, but everyone knew that he was going to go to Miami regardless. You know, so they right. were, everyone wasn't going to bank on Oladipo for a three month rental and give up a good solid player or some picks. It just didn't make any sense. Right. So you, at least you, with Allen, you could have you know flipped them for something better. Right. But, you know. And even in that trade, you just all you really got was a Linux clinic in the coronavirus <laughs> when the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> but that you got Kelly O'Linick and then Avery Bradley. Like you didn't want precious you didn't want precious them. Um you didn't want precious? Yeah. Like you didn't want him like are you like the next bound potentially? No, you could have got anything like you hell, like you said, even like Duncan Robinson, like I don't know. Yeah, I'm I telling you, it's yeah. like I don't know what's Bradley doing. I, I swear, like I like like how did how how did he how was he able to get a all star caliber player for Kelly Olynyk? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is Bradley? Big sweat. The only thing on the table, I feel like at that point, that was probably the only thing that was being offered, and. At that point, the Rockets were like, you know what? It's either this or nothing later on, so we might as well just take this. But but at this point, getting them, I would think he would just walk. I would have gotten some another pair of shoes. He could walk right out of my life for yeah. what you get. What but, is a pick swap? What do they mean by pick swap? So if the, for example, with the Nets, if the Nets have um, a worse record than the Rockets or something, and they have a higher mm -hmm. pick, they swap mm -hmm. spots. So if the Nets have the 21st pick and the Rockets have, you know, what, the 24th or 30th, yeah. they just swap swap. Because <clears throat> so, um, they, you know, he also, they got Bradley, Olenix, and pick swaps. I saw that. Which Miami, at this point, Houston, yeah. at this point, Houston, <laughs> bad. so the swaps, it's like, yeah. And that's the thing where you'd like, it's, it wouldn't make no sense at this point because unless Brooklyn some kind of way to self-destruct to a point where yeah, if it's yeah, yeah as I just don't think it's gonna happen. But and that's the thing where and then then this um the GM Stone he go he he talks about well uh you know as far as when they talking about his thoughts on the on the on you know the draft and everything not the draft but as far as what he did on um trade deadline we said well check check for it in 2030 i'm like man you ain't gonna be here in 2030 you are not you are not gonna be the general manager of the houston rockets in in, in 2030 talking about something well check us out in 2030 and the great words of charles barker i guarantee you are not gonna be the general manager of the houston rockets in nine years from now Absolutely. i i Guarantee you, I will put everything, the mortgage, the farm, the everything that he will not be the general manager of this Houston Rockets team. I for a fact, they'll probably, they'll probably be on a fourth or fifth head coach at that point. Yeah, we should start a a a, 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 a protest for Silas so he can be traded. <laughs> yeah, free Silas, bro. <laughs> free Silas, homie. And, and the fun 
know, and, and that's the thing where it's like, and they're in such a bad situation, even though even with a 20-game losing streak, they're still not the worst team in the Western Conference. So yeah. the so the odds of them potentially like a Kay Cunningham or you know, somebody that can at least in a sense kind of could put a face on his franchise, but we yeah. we talk about we y'all we feel sorry for um Salas, Christian Wood. I I thought leaving Detroit was gonna be the best thing in his life. Yeah, Houston, hold my bill. The struggle, <laughs> hold this struggle in Houston. Yeah, man, Christian Wood's a great player. I, I really like his game, but he's he's in a terrible situation as well. But I mean, he's gonna get his touches. He's gonna get his minutes. So. You know, yeah, at that point, you know, perfect your craft at that point and, you know, look for something right. you're on. Yeah. Bury your head and ball at this point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought Detroit was, <laughs> was, was the bottom, but <laughs> Houston. One of, those teams, one of those teams can go sign D'Angelo Ball. Go ahead and give him a shot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then also, what's the. Speaking of speaking of a jiggly kind of a project, Kevin Porter Jr. He, I think he, he I think he's a, a, a tangible piece for them going forward. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just just let him have his locker for the whole entire year. That I think that's all he needs. <laughs> just don't let just don't let that man switch lockers with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> let's talk a little um buyout. So let's talk about the next is Aldridge. So I really more so of the signing and then also the hate or the vitriol that comes with the Nets. People are saying that they are stacking the deck. So I'm gonna go right. with your, your your thoughts first, Brian. Your thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets situation and also including uh them signing Lamarcus Aldridge. So I think it's it's very similar to what happened with Blake, right? I think there is a huge overreaction from fans, from people in general, from analysts, from whatever, even people in the NBA. But truthfully, like, they're not getting Clippers, Blake Griffin. They're not getting Portland, right. LaMarcus Aldridge, early Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge. They're not getting any of these guys. Like, they are past their prime, well past their prime. And I think sometimes we we fall in love with the name like on paper this team looks incredible you see from top to bottom Kyrie Harden KD Blake Griffin LaMarcus Aldridge you know and from <laughs> from then you you kind of look at them you're like you know how did they get six all-stars on the team at the same time and I I think that the the hate is unwarranted really um you're basically hating on a team for doing their job correctly. You know, they needed, they needed uh, front court players to um, fight with Milwaukee, with Philly, with whoever. And now all of a sudden they go and sign those players. And now it's a huge issue. Uh, it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me just because they did it a little better than everyone else, you know, but. Yeah. Mawa, your thoughts on, the Brooklyn signing in Brooklyn. Oh, I, think it's, I think it's wonderful. He's in tremendous shape. Um, <laughs> you know, he's going to be, he's going to do wonderful. He's, he's, he's re redone his prime, like in his prime, he's going to dominate. Like, let me stop playing. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, um, 
it's just that, like I tell Chris all the time, I don't, I don't forget. Y'all remember the Shaq and Kobe years when they had Horace Grant, they had Mitch Richmond, they had, you know, all these guys, all these names, but they wasn't the same player. You know, I saw Glenn Rice make 45 points, quiet 45 points against the Cavs with Mark Price. I was in like the seventh row. And I was like, yo, he got 45 points. And you couldn't, you didn't even know that he, you don't understand what I'm saying? But he wasn't the same player when he played. And it's like, they, they forget that. I think these, these gentlemen got like what, almost making like the league, veteran league amount or something like that. Yeah, I think, they the league minimum. So yeah, it's not league minimum. Yeah. Yeah, right. the just, really. <laughs> the White Howard's contract was worse for the Lakers last year. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, this just man, it's, <laughs> it's it's just you know, they just see the name. It's just like smoking mirrors. You know what I mean? It's just like, like I said, the Clippers of last year when they had all these players and everybody, oh man, they got this, and then you got to play. You know what I mean? You got to. Doc Rivers was telling the whole time in the bubble, man, these guys got to play together. They got to be in the run. They got to play defense, trust one another. So it's okay. You know what I mean? Um, I think they're going to do well. Um, Philly, um, seemed like they're doing well too. But um, I'm happy they got him. You know, I, I I'm not mad at Lamarcus either. Like you know, you've yeah. been playing. You play for Portland. You play for um, for the Spurs. You get close. Now you can go there and you just. You got a team that has a chance to win a championship and be something special, and you might just, you know, be you get get a chance to be a part of that. You know what I mean? It yeah. is what it is. I've never understood the hate for. It's like in life, you know, like you get an offer to go to a better job that's going to pay you more, that gives you a chance to succeed in whatever you do. You're going to take that hundred times out right. of times, you know. And now right. we're, you know, we're bashing these players because. They're going on on a certain team to win a ring. It's right. just like, oh, like, come on, man. We can't be we can't be doing that. It's like it's like you have a choice. OK, I can get go work at another department, but I got to drive a little bit farther. But they're going to pay me like double or triple. Right. And then you take you do that. Right. And then you're like, OK, I made the money, man. I would rather go play, go back, go back to my old job. Where I get to see my old crew. I have to work as hard. You know what I mean? And we all just did our point. You know, you have that decision to make, you know. Right. But um, right. I'm happy for him. Yeah. And like I said, the hate is just – and it's really more – and I don't I, – because remember we bought – well, in the group chat, it was the, the whole situation on Saturday. We I think we were all, like, posting tweets to people in a deck and almost more so, like, it's, it's almost like it's I, 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 against LeBron James. But a part of me was like, well, no, you got to think about the two guys who they signed. They've done everything in the league, so they want to win a ring. I mean, these aren't 25-year-old guys who just, you know, just want to just team up or whatever. They're they're guys like like Blake Griffin. He's done everything he's done. He wants to win a ring. And same thing goes for LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge was 35. So it's almost, hey, I need to win a ring. And it's just it's it's the stands the 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 Twitter stands of LeBron James and Laker you know Lakers stands at that point they were all just up in arms and I'm like, but no <laughs> one was up, well no one was mad when they got Marcus Ole yeah Dennis Schroeder Merrill like yeah. that's what I'm really addressing more so the people who are hating who was hating on Brooklyn I'm like no and then the thing about it is it's all fine and dandy but 
if Kevin Durant ain't playing or if he ain't healthy, they ain't gonna win a ring. So it, no, it's no Lakers thing. No Lakers should be talking trash. I don't care what nobody say. That them them Shaq and Kobe years, I don't care what nobody say. Even the Shaq from Miami Heat, they had Alonzo Mourning, Gary Payton. They had they had so many players. I we were sitting there talking. I was yeah. like, don't nobody ever talk about that Miami Heat championship team. They need to just they just gives them something to talk about, man. It is. You know what I mean? And it's dumb yeah. because these guys signed there and they and they took a pay cut, a significant pay cut. So like Aldridge know, really like, paid seven million dollars of his own contract to get out of San Antonio. Right. And, so like, right. and you, yeah. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, I criticize everyone the same. And it's not even criticism. It's just like, you know, I'm never going to get mad at someone for making a better decision for themselves. So, you know, I think, truthfully, I don't think, you know, Aldridge and Blake Griffin, they're going to be those type of players who in a playoff series, they might have one good game, you know, and that's all they might need, you know, and that's why Brooklyn went ahead and got those players because they know, that eventually they're going to have to throw a bunch of bodies at Embiid. They know they're going to have to throw a bunch of bodies at Giannis, at whoever, you know? And it might just be that, you know, game four, game five, Lamarcus Aldridge scores 20 points, Blake Griffin scores 20 points, and that puts them over right. the top. And if they get that, then the signings were, were worth it, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Because you ain't getting much from them as far as a money-wise. So – any type of production at this point is going to be definitely worth the the the, pay, the you know worth uh, what you're paying them. So, like you said, and that's what it really also boils down to, and it just, it just increased their depth. And like you said, and, and they'll just be their situational. Like you might, like you said, almost like when we talked about the Lakers last last year, where you know you look at like the White Howard, Javale McGee, how in certain series they weren't. Matchup, they was a matchup problem, and then some. And that's like in the Houston series, they ain't even playing. But that's that's how it that's how it is. And that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, like you said, this is that's what Sean Marks is paid to, to do is to to get the best talent that's available. That's every GM's job because at the end of the day, as a general manager, yeah. if right. you fail, guess what? You get fired. Like you know. So yeah, I tell you, man. But Twitter was on. Why on Saturday? It was so like people were so yeah. sad. <laughs> like yeah. you would have thought they would have sound like Ben Simmons or like you know, I mean, you know, like you know, some you know, like an MVP caliber. Like they sound Joel Embiid or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. man, like these people was they were mad. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, it's really not even that serious. Like you said. They might be good for a series or two or a game or two in a series. They not going, you know. And I don't mean to be rude, but at the same time, I'm like, I know the clip, the old Clippers with Blake Griffin and slash Phoenix Suns when I see it. Sorry. You know, they like, that's what the, the, the Brooklyn Nets remind me of. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel yeah. like them two, it's two, them two teams together. And I was like, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's exactly what they were. But them team didn't have no Kevin Durant. Yeah. Man, he knows was, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant got the gout. He is not going to be playing. He can't have no fried chicken anymore. He got the gout. <laughs> they, they need to get KD right before they can yeah. worry about anything else. Yeah. Right. Because essentially, that's what this team is going to be. Like, it's 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 you got to have Kevin Durant. Like, that's, I mean... 
like when we talk about them as being in a championship type of and at the at the table of it, Kevin Durant has got to be at, at, at the head of the table. So he has to be there. Is like that? is he playing? No. He's what well, he's out for on another week, right? Yeah, I think he's gonna get reevaluated in about a week, and then yeah. from there he has to get cleared for like contact and then on court stuff before he can even play, you know. And thankfully, yeah. you know, they have Harden who's playing at an MVP level as well. But mm-hmm. you know, Kyrie's missed some time too. So truthfully, the the main concern for the Nets is gonna be health, you know, yeah, and right. that everyone straight come come playoff time. Okay. Yeah, because I think KD's. They said he the other day he was doing four um four on fours. Four. So that's encouraging at this point that yeah, he's right. uh, that he's at least um doing those. But it's very encouraging. So final topic I want to talk to you guys about. Um, Andre Drummond signs with the Los Angeles Lakers. The resident Laker on the show. Yeah. How are your thoughts on on uh, on uh, Andre? To <laughs> <laughs> me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Your thoughts, yeah, on on Andre Drummond signing with your beloved Lakers. Oh, you. Oh, you see, you see, 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 you didn't treat him like that. What got to be beloved like that? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. About time, man. I don't understand the moves this year, and I try. Maybe you can break it down because it seemed like I don't know what the Lakers really doing. I don't know if they just want to keep players because. They're connected to the Lakers organization with like family or something. I just don't understand like the necessary moves. Then they talk, Schroeder's doing well, but at the same time, I just don't think he should be starting. You know what I mean? But anyway, the question is, is about Andre Drummond. He seemed like he's happy to be there. He seemed like he wants to be there. Um, so um, I'm happy for him. You know what I mean? I'm happy for him. And you see, he gets off a. Of, uh, two teams that had, didn't have a chance to even really get in the playoffs. Now he has a chance to know that he's most likely going to be in the playoffs and has a very good chance to win a championship. And then people get a chance to see how good he really is. Uh, I know uh, just him being there with LeBron coming back and, um, and AD, you know, it, it makes the team look a little bit better. Cause I think like it takes Marcus all and puts him on the bench Um I think their second unit looks a little bit better. You know what I mean? But um, congrats to him, man. You know, I'm smiling on my face. <laughs> Brian, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree, man. Um, I think this signing itself is definitely more impactful um, in the long term than I think either Aldridge or Blake Griffin for the Nets. I think that Drummond brings something else that the Lakers definitely needed. Um you know, in this season, he was averaging 17 and a half points with 13 and a half rebounds. He's probably the best, if not one of the best rebounders of the last 20 years. So mm-hmm. that in itself is a huge is a huge get for the Lakers because now they have all those possessions where they get the second chance points, where they get to restart the shot clock and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And now it gives the ability to Anthony Davis once he comes back and hopefully he's healthy for him to continue to play the four, you know, right. You know, he talks about how he doesn't like playing center that he's a power forward or whatever. 
So having Drummond there is going to help him play that position and not have to play the center spot where, you know, that's what we saw the Lakers do against a lot of teams where they would put Anthony Davis at center and no one really had a response to that. But now you have all three of those guys and it's like, how are you going to get into the paint where LeBron's there, Andre Drummond's there and Anthony Davis are there, you know? And then that also gives the Lakers a chance to put Marcus soul into better matchups as well. So like you said, he can come off the bench or in a particular matchup, if it's, you know, if they need him instead of Drummond, he's there too. He doesn't have to play extended minutes. So I think that's going to help everyone um, a lot. Uh, and truthfully, the same as the Nets, um, health is going to be their biggest issue too. You know, uh, AD and LeBron are both out indefinitely. So as long as they can come back, they don't slide too far down in the standings. You know, they can avoid the play-in tournament. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Lakers are going to be just fine. I don't even think they would mind being the eighth seed or whatever or the sixth seed and play one of the top teams. I don't think any of the top teams would want to see the Lakers fully healthy in the first round. Um, but I do think this is this is a great signing for them, and I think it's going to help them a lot for sure. One, one thing, Chris, I, um, Andre Drummond said that he's kept himself in shape, said he's lost yeah. like 15 pounds. So to me, um, that's great too. So one thing about the Lakers, um, transition defense um, – is uh, and transition points off their defense is one of their biggest their 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 biggest um, weapons. So uh, that made me excited that they can actually speed the ball up a little bit more. Anyway, yeah, I definitely like the move. Like you said, he's a walking double double. Uh, definitely helped them uh, big time. As definitely now with what's going on with the situation with Lakers, he would definitely be able to come in and kind of give that type of um, scoring punch for them that they, that they need. So the pressure really doesn't have to really be so much on coups per se. You got a oh. guy who, like you said, averaging 17 and 13 rebounds. Like, like he's, he'll be able to, and like you said, kind of someone to give him a cushion. And, and especially because we don't know how long, you know, as far as, because everybody said AD is going to come come, first, come back first and then LeBron or uh, this, that, and third. Because I always look at as long as you, you panic once you hit that once, – once you're six in the West. I think yeah. that's when you hit the panic, but in my personal opinion, because I like – I don't – the playing tournament is a little sketchy because that's like a kind of a, a one-game thing. So, mm-hmm. you I, I, if I'm them, I would try to avoid it at all costs. Yeah. Even at the A spot or attempt or wherever they go – they can still do it, but I always look at it. Hey, you and you wanna because what yeah. if somebody turn an ankle and in one of them playing games and then you know or or you don't want to kind of have that um, looming. Um, you want to kind of get that rest at the end of the season, but uh, definitely a good move by them. And it's and that's the thing about it. That's this point, like you said, between all the bios at this particular point, he'll be the one that's probably gonna have the biggest impact on the team. Out of all of them, I think going forward, all the buyouts. So definitely, um, that definitely is a um, huge signing for the Lakers. So yeah, man, definitely appreciate you, Brian, for coming through tonight. We definitely appreciate it, and you know, can I ask one question, Brian? Yeah. Can I ask a question. Who yeah. do you think the Lakers going to fill that last roster spot with? <sighs> man, I don't know. Um, dude, I don't know, man. That's that's a good question. I heard. Uh, uh, What's the dude from that just went to Porter Jr.? I think went for to Orlando. Auto Porter, yeah, Auto Porter. Auto Porter I heard yeah. him. And I heard yeah, I uh, think- maybe Avery Bradley. You know, y'all want Austin Rivers? 
getting signed with the no. He's getting signed with the Bucks. Austin Rivers. Oh, you said with the Bucks. Okay, yeah, I figured that was either going to happen. Yeah, with the Bucks. Oh, Rivers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, oh. I mean, Otto Porter would be a, if they get Otto yeah. Porter, that'd be a huge get for the Lakers. Um, but he'd have to agree to a buyout first from the Magic. So I don't know right. what the position is on that. But if they could bring back, you know, even Avery Bradley, have him as a backup point guard to um, Schroeder, you know, that that would be a good get for them too. He played well for for the Lakers when they had him too. So, right. But, but I think, like I said, I don't even they could keep that roster spot open if AD and LeBron are healthy. Then that's that's all that should matter to them. But right. wait and see. Hopefully they come back 100. percent Okay. Yeah. But yep. All Good right. Deal. Yeah, we appreciate you, Brian, for stopping through. We'll definitely um we'll link back up you. on in, in some form of capacity. <laughs> Tell yeah. where they can find your social media, Brian. Uh yeah, man. Uh all the high podcasts available everywhere. Follow me on Instagram. Are we frozen? <laughs> I thought you were too. Is he gone? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know he, what happened, bro. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got it. It's all good. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. So, what was the Instagram? Yeah, go back to what you said, Instagram and all your social medias. I think you froze. Oh, okay. Yeah. Instagram and Twitter. It's at all the hype pod. All the hype pod. Just one single word. And then if you want to follow me on my uh, my main account, my Instagram is bruiz96. And on Twitter, it's bruiz with four Zs. So if you guys want to hit me up on there, it's much appreciated. Appreciate yes, you. Man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you coming through. And then we'll, we'll catch you down, down, the, down the road. All right, brother. Thank you for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Hey yes, man, I, I, I ain't gonna forget. I, I ain't gonna, you know, I'll, go ahead, do your thing. My bad. What's wrong? Bad. What's wrong? What's wrong? Oh, because man, you know what I'm saying? Every time we get guests on here, man, you always gotta throw a shot, man. You know that Rand, R- Rondo uh, uh, trade was the number one, the best trade thing in, in, well, in the mean, league. Well, the thing, purpose, everybody man. took everybody took who I had as a list. So the Clippers, was, that was, like, to me, that made sense out of all of them because I wasn't going to just say, hey, because obviously the biggest winners was already kind of already discussed. So I like, well, the, the Lakers, I mean, the Clippers, that was a huge deal as well. So, you know. You a Bulls fan. You supposed to talk about your Bulls, man, and what yeah, they did. But you talked about the yeah, So I'm not going to – because the thing about it, I'm not going to just, like, because – Obviously, the biggest winners are like essentially like the Nuggets. We talked about the right. Nuggets because I mean right. you got you know Aaron Gordon and right. Michael Porter Jr. on the wings, which is then coupled with what they got and Jokic, who is a sneaky MVP candidate, to, and right. then also with JaVel McGee. But yeah, and it, more so just throwing all these things because because a lot of teams did win, and, and that was one thing with this with this one. You only like we looked at the losers. The only team that really lost, lost was Houston because just of what they could have got. You know, just as, as looking at it from a revisionist history standpoint, they could have got so much, and they right. got little. They got right. really nothing, and they're in such a you know bad spot. And it's just like, I at least like okay, see, we can say hey, 
you got picks down the line, and then but you know these pick swaps, and I don't and, and they ain't got really worry about it being protected because the Nets ain't gonna <laughs> that's not gonna be a lottery pick, you know, or or who other teams they ain't gonna be lottery picks who they um who they trading them to. So yeah, Lando but, just said yeah. what. Hell with it. Let's just get rid of everybody. <laughs> Let's just... um, like you, you got rid of one of your all-time greatest players in Rockets history in a in his prime at 30, what 32, 30, 31, 32 years old. And what you gonna say you got for him? Kelly Olenek, draft swaps, Avery Bradley. <laughs> like you literally got rid of James Harden. They got rid of the they got rid of everybody. The coach was gone. Right. The 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 what was it? Vice president or whatever. Yeah. Was it vice president or the GM? GM. Was yeah. Durham Moore. Yeah. He gone. Yeah, they left. All those people left, and you hired. You know. Right. It's crazy. Right. Man. I mean, that's it's literally like, and I can understand like James Harden was like 36, 37 years old. You get nothing. You get like a bag of bones for him. But you right. got you like. James Harden is like your, one of your greatest players in Rockets history. And <laughs> you got literally Kelly Olenek and, right. and Avery Bradley, essentially. So that's the thing that like that get killed me about that. And that was like kind of low-hanging fruit because obviously them and then maybe Portland got the short end of the stick with getting um, you know, getting rid of Gary um, Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. But yeah, tell you something. All right. Last year. We spoke about. I told you four teams. I said mm-hmm. it was me, you, and um, JB. I said Portland, Utah, Denver, and I said Orlando. They've been together for a minute. They are going to have to make a decision. You know, what I, mean? I said they're going to have to make a decision on what they're going to do to move forward. Yep. Utah and Denver fought, and and almost you know what I'm saying Utah almost won that game. Look what Denver did. You know what I mean? Look where they went to, the Western Conference. Then look at Utah this year, right? Mm-hmm. So look at Portland, and then look at what Orlando just did. Lando, so Portland's next. I'm telling you, they got all that money in, in Lillard, and they got that money in McCollum. And don't get me wrong, and they got they got, they got a, 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 always have a threat team, but they're not really – they get in the playoffs, they only go so far. Yeah, They're going to blow that team up, man. They're yeah. going to and the thing with them, they're in a weird spot too. But like Orlando, I think they had to make the move because they kept, you know, with them keep on being in that seven eighth spot. It, I always say that's the worst part. That's the worst. It's it's, it's that's the worst part in sports, like especially in the NBA, to be right. that seven eight seed kind of. Right. And it's been together, you know, for a long. And that's long and it's time, been, yeah, long time. So Orlando, it was smart by them. Uh, they still got some um, good young pieces, and then you know, and then hopefully they can kind of strike it rich in the draft. But even with that, like like, like even with them getting two first round picks from Chicago, and they're protected. So say if instance, lo and behold, I think they top four protected. So if you know if Chicago lands a third overall pick. It, it still stays with Chicago, so they, you know, so they can't get in most drafts. You look at most times, you're, you know, as far as a like, like in case more in this draft where you look at James Wiseman, Lonzo Ball, and Anthony Edwards. 
who you know who were balling, whatever. And that's normally how most drafts probably will be in the next few years or what have you. So right. if you don't have that, and we you know having that lot of protection, and then I doubt if Chicago ever would be be in a point where they'll be in a, in a lottery and having those type of odds to have to land a top three pick. But that's another thing. But and then Orlando, you know, they, you know, and they just have the, you know, kind of, and that's funny because that's how Philly was, you know, before the quote unquote, before the process, they were a right. team that was kind of like teetering. I think that was the year that they beat. And in fact, lo and behold, they did beat Chicago in that first round series after Derrick Rose right. got hurt. And then they blew that team up and a lot of it too. I, yeah. Portland and Portland's another one where the whole thing. Yeah, with them, the whole thing of like Gary Trent Jr. get rid of him, I thought that was we. I think everybody was confused about that because even if, in a sense, like he would be somebody, even if I do a rebuild or whatever, blow it up, I would kind of want him in the in the plans because of his youth. Right. So then, I, then a part of me is like, I get the, I don't, I, I don't even really understand in like trading him to get Norm, Norman Powell, which I'm like, that was kind of, that was interesting to say the least. Yeah, this is so just a weird year. The year before last year, who did Portland lose to? Uh, they lost, okay, no. Who did Portland lose to? What, 2019? Yeah. Um, what OKC, they, I don't think. It, no, because they beat OKC. Because that's the, that's the walk-off. What, was, it, was it the, um, the Warriors? Um, yo, yeah, because it was in the West Conference Finals. Yeah, it was. A, they just got swept. Right, yeah. last year, last year they was number eight, and they and but they they did the play. Didn't they do the play in games? Yeah, because it was a ninth. They were the ninth seed. They beat Memphis. Right, so they was a play. They did a playing game, and the reason they were doing well at the beginning of the season, the issue was Lillard was hurt. You know, he's mm-hmm. always hurt, and then. They got they won one game, you know what I mean? It basically got blown out. I I, I give it I give it another. I'm be honest with you. I could be wrong. I probably give it two years, but I think in about a year they're gonna have to make some moves. They most likely gonna keep Dane and probably get rid of McCollum. They're gonna have to split so, that up. And I, and I'm thinking maybe that's kind of the whole Norman Powell thing was kind of more so trying to make a somewhat of like we say it's almost like. I, I want I want to be a part of trade deadline, so I'm gonna just do this, just out of nothing, right. really. But I, yeah, I don't know, man. It's that's just it's interesting what Portland is doing, and they're another right. team where they've always kind of they they hot and cold, not hot and cold, but like now I think they're like six in the West, and so they, you know, they might find themselves in a playing tournament again this year. So you know, who's to say? And yes. It's and even in that, that that game against um the Lakers, the first round, yep. Dame got hurt, mm-hmm. and then um McCullum's back. He had back issues. And he's then still balled. And yeah, you got. And then Norman Powell, he's almost like kind of like Carmelo, where he can create his own shot. So I, I maybe I, I don't know, maybe trying to dress it up, but um, that and then Jerky, um, Jerky, that Jerky came back. He came back maybe like a week or so ago. I forgot, but yeah, they get hurt yeah. too much. That's that's yeah, what somebody, right. somebody said. Everybody get hurt on that team. Yeah, it's like that. But yeah, man. So let's put a bow on this week's couch coach live. And so uh who who you get this week's game ball? Oh man, I don't have nobody this week, man. 
It's all good. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. <laughs> you good? Uh, Matt's got to go to Chris Greer, uh, general manager of the uh, Miami Dolphins. Um, another blockbuster trade. Um, so they traded with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Um, so San Francisco got number third overall pick. And then uh, Miami moves into that uh, 12 spot where San Francisco currently uh, where they were. So mm-hmm. lo and behold, that third overall pick was Houston's pick and a trade for Laramie Tunstall back in 2019. Mm-hmm. So that Laramie Tunstall deal, Austin, basically at this point netted Austin Jackson, who was, who was the 24th pick, overall pick, I think 26th overall pick in last year's draft by way of Houston because they got the two first rounds first rounds from Houston. So mm-hmm. at this point, for Laramie Tunstall and I think Kenny Stills, because well, yeah, Kenny Stills did in a I can just kind of bunch them together as well. So essentially what they got at this point, and this is all basically in a Laramie Tunstall deal, essentially. So they was able to flip all this. They got that 2000 first round pick, which you talked about was Austin Jackson. Um, two first round picks. Uh, well, well, they got an additional pick in 2022. So they have two, their own first round pick and what have you. Then they have a, um, a 2002 third round pick and a 2023 um, second round pick out of all that haul. So just one player alone, and they were able to flip this, you know, the third to get the 12 this year. And then also, yeah, and they was able to get the third. And they get, I think, and they also they got their pick as well, which is, I think is 18th or whatever. So that mm-hmm. huge shout out to uh, Chris Greer, that's Willing and Dylan. Um, in that you know that Larry McTunsil deal, who would ever thought that you know, even though Larry McTunsil is a Pro Bowl uh, left tackle um, for the Houston Texans, but still to get you know these guys and to see how that's going to kind of kind of pan out, it's almost kind of it's almost kind of a Herschel Walker, uh, you know, Dallas Cowboy Minnesota Viking type of transaction where the Cowboys end up getting so many Hall of Famers, including Emmitt Smith. And what mm-hmm. have you in that in that hall? So who's to say what's going to happen with the Miami Dolphins? But at this point, they're going to be a formidable team with tons of draft picks. Who's to say they can flip that picks, those picks or whatever, and get assets or whatever? But definitely, you shout out to Chris Greer, uh, the general manager of the uh, Miami Dolphins. All right, congratulations. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, any final thoughts? Oh man, great show. Um... I'm a little disappointed in USC, but uh, yeah. I'm very disappointed. Like, you know, um, I'm really excited to see what uh, this Michigan, Michigan about to do. And uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, I'm a little disappointed in USC. I thought they was going, it was going to be a little fight. And to, towards the end of the game, you can see they were trying to do their usually thing and they just, they wasn't spacing the, you know, it's just, you know, more supreme team. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm ready for this UCLA Michigan game. See what's going on. Yeah, man, this Gonzaga is an all. I think at this point we, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but this might be an all-time great team, man. They might finish out right. at 32 and 0 at this point. I mean, it's, right. and and they're just winning effortlessly. I mean, double-digit wins, like no one is like no one is even you know even in that league at this point. So. Right, and definitely see who they'll be playing on Saturday. Either it be Michigan or UCLA. 
but that's going to be definitely a good game and see what UCLA do. And it, it would be a trip because, you know, they were another team. They were one of the first four in and you know, maybe history repeats itself. You know, with 10 years removed from VCU, make it to the final four. Could this UCLA team be one of those, once again, a team that was in the first four in to make it to the final four? So definitely, um, definitely going to be a good game, uh, very compelling storyline. And, man, UCLA, wow. Shout out to Nick Cronin and them and, and, uh, and, and, and UCLA. So, yeah, man, so um, great show once again. Um yeah. Yeah, so uh, follow the show. Uh, well, well, I do that. Then I do church announcements. So um, what we got this week? This week is pretty quiet. Um, Monday nights, the carousel. I do um, that'll be every Monday, eight o'clock on Sideline Sports. Uh, with I'm, talk, I'm the Clippers rep for them. Um, this week we'll do turning talk. We not sure what day we're gonna do turning talk. But turning talk would be um, we'll, I'll, I'll put that on social media once we get that going. Um, no round the draft this week. We'll pick it back up next week. Um, that is the only thing. That's the only church announcements I have this week. I think that's yeah. This week's pretty quiet, but uh, for the most part. But definitely, I'll follow uh, the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram under Couch Coach Live. Also, uh, Twitter. Um, also, Twitter. Also, um, YouTube. Check out the YouTube page. Uh, like, subscribe, uh, share. YouTube. We'll have um, this live episode is on there probably tomorrow. We'll have that loaded tomorrow. Also, the website CouchCoachLive.com. Um, other, t- uh, also follow us on TikTok. Um, we'll release some stuff there as well. And then we'll do show clips on YouTube and Twitter and also the Facebook page. And also don't forget to head on to manscaped.com. Uh, use our promo code OTBN. So you get your 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped. Definitely use 20%. shout out to the group at Manscaped. And yes, man, yes, Manscaped. Um, Yes, great show, great show. And man, we'll, we'll catch you guys next month in the month of April. So it is a wrap for the month of March, and we'll catch you in April. It's been this week's Couch Coach Live. Well.